Hey, welcome everyone. I'm Don Newton, host of Open Air on KPOV 889 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing Wednesdays at 5 p.m., Open Air is a weekly one-hour entertainment talk show featuring conversations with authors, local youth, entertainers, sports figures, and more. She's a real woman with a real life. She's someone you can relate to. Open Air with Don Newton. everyone. This is Open Air. I am your host, Don Newton. Joining me today is life coach and author, Greg Saltzer. His book, 27 Questions to Make You Sweat, A Workout Guide for Your Soul. The questions in this book all have a moral and ethical dimension. Questions such as, how does your perspective aid or hinder you? When is enough money enough? How often are you motivated by guilt? Again, Greg Saltzer joins me to talk about his book, 27 Questions to Make You Sweat. 27 questions to make you sweat, a workout guide for your soul. That soul piece uh-huh. we hear a lot about, or we use the word, you know, what does your soul right. say or get to your soul? How would you describe that to someone? That is a great question. I guess the easiest way, because it, it is a deep answer. I think the, the easiest, simplest way for us to think of our soul is kind of a, it's the deep inner feeling that we have and that deep inner knowing, but it's a, it's a more superficial level. It's, it's really your emotions. I mean, what we feel is definitely connected to the deeper part of who we are. And I think for a lot of us, you know, knowing what we feel is, it can be difficult because we, you know, we're kind of enculturated to think a lot and to be intellectual and to be logical and rational. But that's not where our soul is about. Our soul is all about feeling good, you know, or feeling fat. But it's about feeling. That, to me, is what it's about. You know, like, I really believe this idea of, you know, I'll say a lot to people, well, they're, if your head and your heart are connected, to me, good things happen when a person's brain and their heart are connected or their brain and their soul. And sometimes it feels like the ego, which is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. It can be a healthy yeah. thing. But sometimes when we, usually when we mention ego, it's usually <laughs> not a positive right. way. In, exactly, in a negative way. But it also sometimes, it, at least for me, it feels like it certainly gets in the way of us tapping into our soul. Oh, definitely. Because the thing is, the ego really, the main function of the ego is to protect our quote self you know what i mean and so i feel like our ego is constantly it's always on the lookout for the threat what's the threat what's the threat but our soul when we tap into our soul that's when we are able to get more vulnerable and i really believe that it's only in our vulnerability that we're able to really really connect with other human beings and certainly connect with ourselves because if you're not being vulnerable and you're not allowing someone to hurt you well you know what they're never going to get inside because if you can't be hurt that's basically you can't be touched you know i mean no one you can't be affected if you can't be hurt right and And you don't get an opportunity to know who you are and how what am i made of right exactly and and i think you know, at least in terms of romantic relationships, I think for many of us, you know, you have your first love, whether it's in high school or college, and you have your heart broken. And a lot of people, honestly, they shut it off pretty much. They go, you know what? That was way, way too painful. There's no chance I'm ever letting someone get that close to me. Greg, what made and you decide to write this book? Mm, that is a great, um, it's a multifaceted answer, I guess. Well, I grew up, my father was an analyst, psychoanalyst. So I grew up in a 
very psychological home. And I also was raised extremely privileged. And when I was about 16, my dad lost all his money and lost his mind pretty much, became an alcoholic <laughs> and left pretty much the family with, you know, left us with no money. And when you're raised privileged, Don, like I was raised actually privileged, like for real privileged. <laughs> um, and when you're raised privileged, you take pretty much so many things for granted. And when that rug is pulled out from under you and you got to join the, the race of human beings that actually has to work for everything. And I'm not saying that the privileged people don't work. I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form, but when you're raised privileged and now you don't have anything, it really, at least for me, it made me start questioning a lot of assumptions that I had had as a kid. So I think as I grew up and, you know, look, we all have unique, bizarre journeys. And for whatever reason, I was a serious tennis player when I was a kid. And right around the time my dad ran out of money, I started teaching. And a lot of my early clients were billionaires and like, you know, the richest people in the world. Um, so to be teaching people like that and also going home to a home without heat is a pretty dark, those are two very different realities. Well, and it's interesting in a situation like that, that you would kind of sit back and observe the situation and be curious about it where someone else may have gotten cynical or been victimized. And that's, that's one thing I always find interesting is when faced with adversity or hardship or something like that comes along where you've only known one way that you're able to have that insight and to, to be curious about that. Why do you think that was? Because I'm a huge believer in spiritual evolution. I don't know if you've heard that idea, but I, I, I really believe in multiple lifetimes. And when I was 18, I was with a woman who turned me onto this book, which was an Indian philosopher. And when I read that book, Don, his name is Krishnamurti. And it just, like something happened inside of me where I said, okay, this guy is telling the truth. And the basic truth he said was, A, don't really listen to anybody. Stay focused inside and look deeply into everything. Keep looking deeply. But it's all about you inside. Stay focused inside because that's where the answers are. And, you know, I I guess I was fortunate because I was young and I – trusted that and you know i I, the the truth is i don't know what the answer is because there's many people if we give the same book to 10 people they're i guarantee you they're all going to have very different responses and different reactions you know and the fact that i took that at 18 was like okay this guy is you know somehow it resonated with me enough to say this I feel like he was on to the truth because he, I felt like he wanted to know the truth. And Um, in the book, 27 Questions, give us an example of some of those questions. Well, I'll give, I'll do the first one because I think the first question sort of sets the tone for the book. The first question is, do you examine your life? I like that as the first one because many of these questions are definitely about doing a lot of self-examination. A few of my other favorites, I really often like the question number 20, how often are you motivated by guilt? (laughs) That can uh, bring up some things. Now, since you said you're going to do this with your partner, I definitely love this question, which is, have you and your partner defined what you both want in terms of romantic commitment? Now, that question really explores, without getting crazy deep into it, it kind of explores how do you define cheating? Now, 
all of us have very different ideas of how we define cheating, right? I mean, some people go, oh, you looked at him. That's cheating. And others say, well, you kissed him. That's cheating. Others, you know, for others, it's like you got to sleep with him to be cheating. I, I am not suggesting for one second. I don't say what I think you should do, but I do think that it's worth having the conversation with your partner because I think a lot of times, you know, one of the partners does something, they don't think that they're doing anything wrong, and yet their partner goes ballistic. But I think if you have the conversation, it's like, okay, now I know where your, you know, where is your fence? Where is where is the borders for what you think are acceptable and not? Yeah, I think social media has really influenced those boundaries and what those lines are. So that's a great question for discussion. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, the other thing too for me, Don, is that in my dream world, and I spend a lot of time in my dream world, I really hope this book gets into book clubs because, they're real questions that people can then have like real conversations about, you know, cause most book clubs, it's, you know, whatever, it's fun, but these are personal. Like another one of the questions is how forgiving are you? You know, I'd like to see a world where people are more forgiving, way more forgiving. I mean, I don't think I'd be necessarily the best judge because I don't feel like I would be meeting out really harsh sentences to people because I don't believe in it. I believe that when people do the wrong thing, if you try to help them, I believe all people are good at the deepest root. And, you know, I just, it always hurts my soul when I see people, they did a horrible thing and then they get life imprisonment, no parole. Yes, there are certain crimes, obviously, we can all agree, you know, when you're butchering people. But I think people can change. I really do. But they need some time and patience and love. Yeah, a little communication. and, and Yeah. Yeah, I don't think people are coming necessarily from a bad place. It's like, what was the intent? Maybe we just need to have more conversation, more education, more... Exactly. And we don't exactly. do and that I, today. Right, and I think, you know, my the whole point for this book to me is just, I mean, I have a niece who, and today happens to be her birthday. She's 19. She's a sophomore in college. I just want people asking more questions because the more we talk the more we can understand someone else and when we understand when we really understand someone else i feel like we don't want to hurt them if we really understand them you know because wow i understand where you're coming from doesn't mean i'm going to agree with where you're coming from but you know i mean it's one reason i kind of love talking about politics simply because politics gets into the deepest values we have. What are your really deep values? What do you believe? And that's why a lot of people shy away from it. Because if someone goes, well, you know what? I just don't think we're all equal. That's a tough one. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I think some people deserve more. Well, wow. That's a really (laughs) tough belief. No, but the the thing is, that's the truth. And if if you're one of those people that believes that, how are you going to, you know what I mean? You don't want to have to say to someone that, you know, those are tough tough discussions. (laughs) Well, it is, I think, just being curious about how someone came to that conclusion or opinion or view. But more importantly, be curious about how we, you know, how I came to that conclusion or view or opinion. Right. You know, and then thrusting it on someone else or judging them or that forgiveness piece. We are not, I mean, you could use the wrong terminology for something that you just weren't educated about you didn't intend to and there you go (laughs) you will never be forgiven no right not right and it's crazy and you know what you just said i think is really is is very interesting but you know like how do we come to know what we know i mean i was raised really privileged because my dad lost all his bread and i said this on another interview my father lost all of his money he 
in, if I don't know how many privileged people, I don't know if you're privileged, I don't know. I don't know if you're around wealthy people. But when you're around wealthy people, wealthy people love talking about, oh, I lost it all. Really? <laughs> how come I see you driving a Porsche and you're at the country club? Oh, well, I mean, I lost $20 million. Well, you had $50 million. You didn't lose anything, dude. Like, <laughs> nothing changed in your life. Enough with the jive. It's BS. Like, my dad lost all his money. I went from being a spoiled brat to having no money having no heat, no phone in the house. Like, you have to become a human being then. You actually have to know what it feels like. But the thing is, most people that have money, they never don't not have money. So they make these judgments about what they think they would act like if they didn't have money. Well, try having no money. You know what I mean? Because what that does is it makes you feel for your brothers and sisters that don't have money. And then when you're working for some rich guy who gives you a $100 tip when you're like, Dude, you could give me $10,000 and it would do nothing. It wouldn't even affect you. You know what I mean? But that, we don't think that way. Rich people don't think that way. And in this book, I have a few questions about economics because <laughs> I'm kind of a big believer that uh, sharing the wealth is where it's at. Who do you want reading this book, Greg? Um, well, I mean, ideally, my first demographic, you know, I thought was young, you know, college kids. But I, I kind of feel like, you know, any look, we're all human beings and we all have things to work on. And I certainly dream of a world where there's more forgiveness and there's more sharing. So whether you're 20 or 50 or 70, you know what I mean? We all can use some more love and forgiveness. Well, Greg, this is it's very thought provoking. And I can't wait to dive into this book. 27 awesome. questions to make you sweat. A workout guide for your soul. Where can we find the book and learn more about you? You can find the book on Amazon. And if you lived right outside of New York, you could find it at a bunch of little local bookstores. But I know you're way out west in Oregon. Um, so Amazon is the best place right now. And you can find me at gwscoaching.com. Or you can go on my Instagram page where I have a, you know, I talk every few days. I do a short video where I call my message of love, peace, and truth. And that my Instagram is Greg Solzer. It's been a pleasure talking oh, with you. Thank you so much. And can I just have one more shout out? Because I started a brand a little while ago called Crazy Gratitude. Absolutely. And you can go to my, my website, crazygratitude.com, because I have some t-shirts and hoodies and just they're fun. And since I feel very grateful to be here in the flesh. <laughs> well, I appreciate this time, Greg. Thank you. Thank you so much. Open Air is written, produced, and hosted by Don Newton. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org.